Romans chapter 8 verse 38 is where I'm going to conclude 38 and 39 we've preached through this whole chapter we started off on resurrection Sunday and this will be my last Sunday preaching on this particular series because I'm starting a new series in July entitled deeper amen deeper and what I'm talking about in that series is how to deepen your spiritual life amen how to go deeper amen Romans 8 verse 38 says for I am convinced that neither death nor life nor angels wonder what kind of angels he's talking about there no principalities, comes right after principalities. No things present, no things to come, no powers, no height, no depth, no any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in. Christ Jesus, check the last word, our Lord. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, the struggle is over. Turn to your other neighbor and say, neighbor, how deep is his love? Well, we're going to find out. The struggle is over. I began preaching through this series on Resurrection Sunday, what the, what secular people call Easter Sunday. Um, we talked about the fact that we were delivered from bondage spiritually. God gave his son to die for us. Um, we were hostile against God, but God saved us. Imagine that. And not only did he save us, but his spirit now dwells in us. And I've been running with this theme that the struggle is over. That struggle that we had between us and God is over. And if you're a believer today and not living up to your true potential, then it means that you're still struggling with God. Now trials will come, but it's not to destroy you, it's to grow you. It's to develop you. It's to develop you. It's to, it's to bring you to a point where you truly believe what you said you believed. Are you with me? Today we come to the end of this amazing series. And there are times when we confuse God's love with everybody else's love. Sometimes we put God's love in the wrong category. I wish I had somebody. Uh, I work hard to serve God, uh, but it isn't to prove my devotion to God. It's because I'm actually in love with God. I wish I had somebody. I'm going to say it one more time. I work hard to serve God, but it isn't to prove my devotion to him. It is because I'm actually in love with him. Maybe that sounds crazy to you, but I can think back when I didn't care about nothing 
in my life and including God. Wish I had somebody. And the way we're taught Christianity today, it's more of take rather than give. I wish I had somebody. The question I have was whether American churchgoers are really in love with God or are they in love with the idea of God or maybe they're obsessed with God because of what they can get from God I've used this phrase all the time I ask this to my seminary students all the time tell me what you know about Jesus he's alright woke me up this morning Started me on my way. Put food on my table. Clothes on my back. And I always reply, and I always say, you're telling me what God has done for you. But you're not telling me what you know about him. Here's what I know about him. He was born in a manger. Wish I had somebody. There was no room for him. He is the savior of the world. He hung, bled, and died on Calvary's cross for my sins and your sins. And so therefore, it goes deeper than just what he can do for me. People who are obsessed with Jesus do not consider service a burden. Obsessed people take joy. In loving God and loving his people. Can I ask you something? Are you crazy for him? And I'm talking about for him. He said, well, what does crazy mean? Would you do anything for him? Do you hold back from him? Because can I tell you something? He will never hold back on you. Everything that has happened to you has happened by design. But not only design, but because of his love. What's the plan? I don't know. But I know love got me this far. I wish I had somebody. You see, God loves us so much that he displays his love but he never parades it around or tries to get credit for it. In other words, what he wants you to do, what he wants us to do, is to recognize that it's his love and then give him glory. You say, what is glory? I asked that question the other night. What is glory? Glory means to make God heavy. In the eyes of everybody else. I wish I had somebody. Glory means to make him shine. To put the light on him. In other words, in other words, when you make it through your next storm. Come on somebody. You you can't say it was AAA that got me out of this. You can't say it was mama that got me out of that. You can't say it was because I had something put up. 
But it was because God's grace. I wish I had somebody. The devil counted you out, but God still got you here. Come on, somebody. The quality of life that you live now, if it was up to you, you wouldn't be living the way you're living now. Come on and help me, somebody. If it had not been for the Lord who was on your side, if it had not been for his love that he displayed upon your life today, we would not be here. Do you not know we were reckless? I mean, we were reckless. <laughs> oh, Lord Jesus. Lord, if you just get me home safely, I promise I ain't going to drink again. I wish I had somebody. Lord, if you just... If you just do this one more time, Lord, I, I promise you. And God says, I knew that your promise was empty, but because of love. Hey, love is what causes me. You didn't get over on me. You thought you got over on me, but it was love. When your life may not be going the way you thought it should be going, when you face trials, temptation, and, and persecution, according to the text, amen, in verse 28, it says, for we know. What do we know? He says, at some point in your life, in our lives, we ought to come to know something about God. It's amazing how we can go through so much stuff and don't learn nothing. Huh. Watch, he, say, he says, for we know. You should know that scripture by now. That God causes, it's called synergism. It is when he takes your good, your bad, your indifferent, the stuff you messed up, and he takes it and he does something better with it. How many you better now? Watch this. Because of what you've been through. I was telling the brothers in, in our fellowship today, I said, I don't want a life without problems. Because if I had a life without problems, you know why? You know what would happen to me? I become complacent. I become I become a little bit careless. Come on, somebody. I'd probably forget that it was God and start thinking it was me that brought me through. So thank God for those periods of times, those seasons of testings, those seasons of pruning. Hey, come on, somebody, that God brings me through. But I have to hold on to his promise. Romans 8 says, God works all things together for the good. Watch this though. To those who love God. Oh, hold on a second. We're talking about love. Notice, some people quote this scripture, but they're not in love with him. Are you following me? We quote it, God works all things together for good. We're going to make it through this. But how much do you love him? May I ask you a question? Do you love him as much as he loves you? Well, what's the evidence of that? Come on, somebody. My commitment. Come on, somebody. My, 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 my lifestyle that I live, it's not because I want to act holy. It's because I love him and I know what he expects of me. So I do what he asks me to do. Do I have anybody? Paul, Paul here is writing to a church 
that was jacked up. I wish I had somebody. And, and not only was the church jacked up, but, but what, he, what he's saying is, he says, even when you're weak. Look at verse 26. In the same way, the Spirit also helps. Huh? Watch this. You ever been to a point in your life where you didn't even know what to pray? Well, let me just say this. Where you just didn't want to pray. You're like, what's the point? What's the point of praying when I don't see God giving me what I want? Am I talking to myself? Watch this. Watch this now. Watch this now. He said, even with that prayer, I love you. Aren't you glad that God loves you? Aren't you glad that he loves you? I ain't going to John 3.16 because you already know that one. But I'm just saying, like he says that when I'm weak and I don't know how to pray, watch the text, as we should. So there's an expectation that God has of all of us. He wants communication. Watch this. In a marriage. If we don't talk, you have nothing. But watch this though. There are people who, who are in marriages, right? Where commi- there's no communication. But because I pay the bills, you ought to respect me. Oh, Lord. But there's no conversation. There's no relationship. And so sometimes that's how we do God. All we expect of God is him to take us out of whatever we're dealing with. Without even having a conversation. Paul says, well, guess what? The spirit knows. And you know, I've been to that point in my life where, you know, my prayers was all about gimme. Amen. But I thank God that he delivered me from that. I thank God I know how to give him adoration and glory. Thank God that the spirit, the spirit of God knows how to Get the real prayer through for me. Because the things I'm praying for ain't really the things I need. That's why he says it's so deep that it's with groanings too deep for words. Watch this. Can you, can you imagine that the spirit of God is grieving more for you than you grieving for yourself? The spirit of God is saying, man, I know he don't need that, Lord. I know he don't need that. But, ugh. I'm going to ask you anyhow. We're going down the road here. And we we, 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 we get, to, we get to, the, to the last part. Let me, let me go on. Let me go. I got 21 minutes and 11 seconds. Watch this. You know what worry implies? Worry implies that we don't quite trust that God is big enough. Powerful enough, watch this, loving enough to take care of what's happening in our lives. Imagine that. That's what worry is. And and it's interesting to me because a lot of lukewarm people don't really want to be saved from sin. 
They want to be saved from circumstances. Are you, are you following me? And, and so Paul says in verse 38, let's get to it. Let's get to it. Let, let's see how deep his love is. He said, Paul says, for I am, after you've said everything, he says, for I am convinced. That word, that word convinced means to be persuaded. You remember when you were dating? Tell me. You had a little suspect about this character. You were like, hold on a minute. I'm not fully convinced yet. I'm not fully persuaded. But there was something that that person did. Lord have mercy. That, watch this, that showed you that they could be trusted. The word persuaded or convinced here means to be confident in or to put your trust in. What Paul is saying here and how deep God's love is, here it is. His love is real and reliable. It's real. See, here's the thing. Why was Paul convinced? Jesus says, if you don't believe me, believe the works that I've done. Can I ask you a question? Do you have a God file? Where you write down what God has done for Have you really seen his love for you? And let me ask you this. Have you ever relied on him totally? I'm talking about you have nothing but him. God is not trying to convince us we, of anything. He wants you to experience it for yourself. He wants you to go from the page... performance but he wants you to know today that if you doubt my love I want you to know something my love is real and my love is reliable listen why was Paul so sure because he testified before that he was persecuted if Paul was basing God's love on what happened to him If Paul based what his love on what was really happening in his life, he would have quit. He would have said, that ain't love. Can I ask you a question? What's your, what's your standard for how you judge love? What a person does. But God's way is different than our way. God says, don't you not know that, see the hardship that you're dealing with right now? Guess what? That's part of my love. Because, see, I know you. And for some reason, it's crazy that the sin nature causes us to be rebellious. In other words, in other words, watch this. We wouldn't change had we not go through something. So God says, don't base it on what you're going through. Base it on how you come through, how you get through, how you get to the other side. How many of you still alive today? How many of you, you thought you were going to lose everything, but you still got it? Come on, somebody. 
Listen, I used to live when my, my trust wasn't there. When my, when my understanding wasn't there, I used to be nervous every month. Every 30 days. Anybody got the 30-day jitters? Or oh, they coming to get the car. Or oh, they coming to get the house. Oh, the light's going to get shut off. <laughs> I was, I, you know what I was doing this morning? I was thanking God that he delivered me from worry. If God loves you, he ain't going to do you like that. But he does love you. Are you with me? So his love is what? Real and reliable. Let's let, let, look what he says next. He says, I'm convinced that neither what? Death nor life. Now check this. Check this out. Here's what love does. Perfect love casts out fear. Here's the thing. If you were somebody and you're afraid to tell them the truth, that ain't love. Like, for real. Like, if, if you're, like, afraid, like, if I bring this up, if I bring up the bills, he gonna go crazy. Lord have mercy, yeah. I ain't losing y'all. Huh? You know what I'm saying? Like, like, the difficult conversations we have in our relationship, you can't bring it up. That's not love. Because that's fear. And so, what Paul says is, listen, let me say this to you. Neither death nor life. So, the next thing is, Watch how deep his love is. His love removes, watch this, the fear of dying and the fear of living. Listen, check this out. 1 Corinthians 15 says that he defeated death. What Paul is saying is, I love you so much that you don't have to be afraid of dying so that you can live. And watch this, I don't want you to be afraid of living Watch this, your best life, because guess what? I will give you a better life. I'm the one that's causing you to live, but I'm not going to allow you to get too high where you forget where you come from. I'm not going to let you get too low where you forgot, where you get mad. You understand what I'm saying? But here's the thing, but death is something you will never fear if you come to know my love. That's how deep his love goes. His love is so deep that it removes all fear of dying. Now listen, I ain't going to be no fool. I ain't just going to run up on the crypts or the bloods. I ain't, I ain't you, know, you know what I mean. You got to be wise. You know what I'm saying? You wisdom. I, I ain't scared of dying. You know, wait a minute now. Hold on a minute. Hold on a minute now. <laughs> Don't be no fool, okay? Uh, but listen, here's what I'm saying. Here's what I am saying, though. You know, uh, you start getting a little ache in your body. You start, the doctor tell you something wrong. To, come on, y'all. You know, from the time we get bad news, from the time we get bad news, from the time we start living is when we get bad news about our health. Oh, shucks. And then you get mad. No, that's love. He says, I'm not going to prevent you from living. As a matter of fact, you're, I'm going to add a few more years to your life because you're proving that you love me and you trust me in the midst of what you're dealing with. And here's something about his love, about living and dying. You ready? His mercies are new every morning. 
Great is thy faithfulness. God doesn't cause us, call us to be comfortable. He calls us to trust him completely that we are unafraid to put ourselves in situations where we will be, watch this, in trouble if he doesn't come through. Some of that went over your head. In other words, he says, listen, I don't want you to limit your life from living because of fear. Man, I thank God that he loves me. And his love causes me to live and not be so focused on death. Some of us are so focused on dying. We Listen, we think about it every day. Every time we wake up, something hurting, we're like, oh, Lord, I'm coming close, Lord. <laughs> Prepare me, Jesus. <laughs> God said, no, I want you to live like that. I want you to enjoy your life now. See, here's the thing, because if you had your good health, if, you, if, if stuff was working right, you wouldn't need them. You ever notice that? Watch this. But because you have some things lacking is why you're leaning on him so he says, you need me. Oh, I thank God I need him. I thank God that I got a little limp. Which proves that I was wrestling with him and I came out the loser. <laughs> but I thank God I'm on the winning side now. You understand what I'm saying? Because God did bless him at daybreak. Look what he says next. Look what he says next. He says, he says, I'm convinced that neither death nor life, watch the text now, nor what? Angels? Nor what? Principalities? Nor what? Nor what? Well, let's just stop principalities. That's all that's far we can go. So we talk about living and dying. Then he says, angels, principalities. Where did he go? He went from the physical realm to what? The spiritual realm. So the third thing about his love, how deep it is. His love has defeated not only death, but the devil and his demons. So quit saying the devil made me do it. Quit talking about the devil got me doing this, the devil this, the devil that, the devil's in you. No, the devil ain't in me if I'm full with the Holy Spirit. But his love has defeated the devil. Do I have anybody here? Stop allowing the principalities of this life to cause you to forget that God loves you, that someone does love you. And not only do they love you, but does he love you, but he knew that living this Christian life would bring attention to these spiritual forces. So he says, my love comes in. My love covers you. My love holds you. My love brings you through. Why? Because the devil is a defeated foe. His demons don't have power unless you give them power. Are you with me? And somebody here today, you, you're so obsessed, not with death, but you're obsessed with the devil. Matter of fact, you should give God more glory. And stop talking about the devil so much. The devil, the devil, the devil, the devil, the devil. And guess what? What you're doing is you're putting too much light on him. Amen. And start saying God's love is covering me. God's love is bringing me through. 
Because I am convinced. I am convinced that neither death nor life nor principalities nor angels nor powers can separate me from that love. See, we, we, we live in, a, in an obsessed society that is so obsessed with the occult that they have forgotten what we really have. We have Jesus. We have the Holy Spirit. We have the Word of God. We have the church where we come to learn God's Word. Are you with me? Watch the text. Watch the text. Let me go on. He says next, he says, neither things present, watch this now, nor things what? Nor what? Powers. Check it out. Here's how deep his love is. His love is so deep. His love diminishes worry. When he says things present, what you dealing with right now? Can I can I share this with you? If you look at this list, it tells you something. It tells us that there's a war going on. An unseen war. And, and, and if you ever notice, it's to separate you from God. You know what the pandemic did? It proved who's real, who's not. But watch this. These powers and these principalities and all these things are designed to put a distance between you and God. You thought it was the preacher. You thought it was a church member. You thought it was that bad marriage that you came out of. You thought it was your boss. You thought it was this. But all the while, Satan was working through these things to destroy you. To destroy your relationship with Jesus Christ. He wants you to feel unloved. He wants you to feel like it's unfair. What I'm going through is unfair. No, Thank you for what I'm going through. James says, consider it all joy when you encounter various trials. That word is makarios, and that word simply means multicolor. When you're surrounded by all kinds of stuff, he says, consider it all joy because it is a testing of your faith. Can I say this to somebody here today? Your worry proves you do not trust him. That's all it is. But also, watch this. Watch, watch, watch this. Things present. You know why I said worry? What's things to come? What did, what did James tell us? What did Jesus tell us? Matthew 6. He says, don't worry about tomorrow. But how many of us really, really believe that? How many of us really, really apply that? That tomorrow is going to take care of itself. I can only do what I can do today. And what I know about today is that all may not be well, but all is good. Do I have a witness? I thank God that he will take the power of Satan 
and turn your situation into a miracle. Because that word power in the text, it means dudamus power. It means a miraculous power. Paul goes on to say that not only will heights, no, I'm sorry, he goes on to say verse 39, he says, no height, no depth, no any created thing. Watch this. You ready? Here's how deep his love is. His love will reach you no matter where you are. Whether you rise up the corporate ladder or whether you hit the gutter. Come on, somebody. Or whether you land in between. Whatever has been created to destroy you, God's love will show up and rescue you. Do I have a witness? Let me me say this about the Christian God loves you so much that he won't let you get too high where you forget. Or too low where you blame him. Do I have a witness? Paul says it will not be able to separate us from the love of God. Which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And so not only... Is his love able to reach, my gosh, where man can reach? You you remember praying for that child and you, you remember trying to get them out of that situation and you realize the only thing you can really do for them is hand them over to the Lord. And not just for discipline, but they can experience his love. Come here, prodigal son. When he was on his way back home, his daddy was already there waiting. You see, some of us would have said, man, you better not come in this house no more. But I thank God that love doesn't see my faults. Love brings me through But love gives me a second chance. Thank God that even though the devil meant it for evil, God meant it for my good. Thank God. Last point, his love is unbelievable. His love is unbreakable. I said unbreakable. I've had some friends in my life who said they loved me. But when things got tough, they turned their backs on me. Thank God that I understand what agape love really is. It's sacrificial love. It's love that does not forget. It's love that will not leave me alone. Thank God that when I was shaking him off, he didn't leave me alone. When I was running from him... I ran right into him. Thank God that love is the answer. Love is how we go through this life. You got to feel the love. You got to know the love. You got to experience the love. Do I have anybody here today that know what I'm talking about? I'm talking about the love that Jesus 
has for us. Do I have a witness here? Do I have anybody here want to shout with me that I love you, Jesus? I love you, Jesus. Thank you for what you've done for me. You went up to Calvary to save a wretch like me. They hung him high. They dropped him low. Put him in a borrowed tomb. But early Sunday morning, he got up with all power. Do you know him? Have you tried him? Is he all right? Say yeah. Say yeah. Say yeah. If you really know him, you ought to high five your neighbor and say, neighbor, oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love him. Oh, how I love Jesus. His love won't leave me alone. His love found me in the gutter of life. His love provided for me. His love protected me. His love changed my heart. His love changed my soul. Do I have anybody that have experienced His love? His love. His love. That love that's so hard to explain. That love that I know I don't deserve. I ain't that good that he should bless me the way he is blessed. I'm not that good that he can give me a life that he's given me. I was nothing until I met Jesus. I've given my life to him because love softens you. Love breaks down those barriers in your life and it causes you to feel again. Many of us use timers when we cook to make sure the dish is done. When the timer runs out, it says, bing! And although the time indicates that the cooking time is over, a good cook will take a fork and a knife, stick it in the middle, Come on, somebody, to make sure it's ready. That is what you call a test. The timer goes off when the dish should be ready, but the knife and fork make sure that the job is done. Sometimes things can look done on the outside, but still it's rare on the inside. Many Christians look done on the outside. They all dressed up the church. They're carrying their Bibles, talking and using the lingo. But God doesn't just look at the outside. Hey, he has his own test to make sure that we're done all the way through. God uses a timer. But we got to understand something. It's not over until he says it's over. He tests us on the inside 
to make sure we're done on the outside. That we're not just dressed up. That's how deep is his love. The fact that he'll make sure that you're the real deal. Give God a hand clap of praise. I'm done. I'm done. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. His love. His love. It's a strange word when you have not experienced love. I didn't get a chance to experience love coming up. I didn't. Every relationship I've had was transactional. That's what it was. And then I met Jesus. But then I met my wife. And what she taught me was how to love. What it looked like. That we don't give up on people just because they mess up. She showed me how to love. Didn't have a picture of that growing up. She taught me what it looks like. Showed me, illustrated to me. This is what it looks like. She didn't even know what she was doing. But the Lord had to show me because that word love was like a sissy word for me. But love, I said, I don't want to talk about no love, love, nothing. Amen. That's what I said. It was a sissy word. Amen. And I started to think to myself, I don't want to use that word. But the Lord showed me. When you love, you're strong. Love makes you strong. When people think they're getting over on you because you love them, they ain't getting over on you. What they don't realize is you're giving them what God gave you. So in other words, you ain't messing with me. You're messing with God. So think you getting over on me and see what's up. God is real. He's real. He's real. But when you embrace his love, You hear John three sixteen. God for the God so loved the world. Most Christians today don't even know what that means. That He gave His only begotten Son. Who had believed in Him? We repeat it by memory and not by practice. Because if God so loved the world and you believe that, you would be here. You wouldn't be trying to interview the church. Let me see the pastor preach today. You didn't come here for him. You came here to hear from God. That's who you came here to hear from. God. And if you love him, you will let nothing stop you from coming to him. Nothing will stop you. 
So if you love him today and you need prayer, I want to pray for you. I'm a praying man. I believe in the power of prayer. Do you know your prayer travels at the speed of light? Did y'all know that? It does. To the third heaven. The moment you say, Father, he turns in your direction. So if you need prayer today, if you need prayer today, I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. I want to pray. Maybe you're struggling with this love thing. And maybe you want to experience that deep love. Lord, I just want to love you back. I just want to love you back, God. Listen, if you love him back, oh, what a life you would have. Imagine you could go back to your mess and don't even see it because your eyes see with love. If you need prayer this morning, come on. I I know you already thought about it and your, your ankles is heavy now. The chains are locking you up chains of your mind and the chains of your heart but today is not the day you came here for a reason now it's time to respond if you need prayer I want to pray for you if you're here today and you're a believer and maybe today you have fallen away from the Lord there's not time to be shamed it's a time to reconcile